In today's episode, we are covering all things egg retrieval. We'll talk through what you can expect leading up to an egg retrieval, what shots are like, what scheduling's like, what the actual procedure is like, as well as recovery and kind of what happens in the weeks following the egg retrieval. So waiting on news around fertilization, genetic testing, and we'll talk through some of our specific stories as well. This is pretty top of mind for us. We had actually just did an egg retrieval last year towards the beginning of us starting season one. Actually, <laughs> we the, my first day of shots was when we recorded our first episode. I know. Um, so that timing was not an accident. It, it feels, wasn't. <laughs> feels um, we feel reaffirmed in what we're doing for the yeah. podcast, but definitely kind of crazy to be to be in the thick of it while sharing yeah. um, our experiences. So, yeah, Madison and I have both had a couple egg retrievals mm-hmm. and can definitely speak to our experiences. So. Yeah. yeah. So like Morgan said, we'll kind of just talk about our personal experiences with egg retrievals as well as just what the process looks like. So mm-hmm. kind of getting into more detailed, mm-hmm. a more detailed explanation of what an egg retrieval actually looks like. So yeah. you can have a better perspective before you enter into one. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of cool. We both have very different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like a lot of our journey has been opposite, <laughs> but this I feel like is one that um, is opposite. Yes. So I think just zooming out, everyone is on everyone's on different medications like based on their case. And I guess just to kind of like start with high level, what it would look like mm-hmm. is Um, once you get your period, you would reach out to your clinic and they would have you come in for some testing Mm -hmm. from there, depending on what type of protocol you have, you will either be on birth control Mm -hmm. or another kind of like suppressant, if you will. So I guess the goal is they're trying to kind of like shut everything down. Yep. So that then when they stimulate you, everything's growing at the same rate. Yep. Yeah, they're trying to control your cycle. Yeah. And so you'll be on, ironically, some sort of like birth control or estrogen or something like that. And then after blood work and just like more monitoring, they'll have you start what they call stims. So like your stimulation medication, which um, everyone's on different meds based on their case. There are some like standard ones I feel like that are, are most people have, like the Gonalef mm-hmm. and maybe Menapure. Mm-hmm. But then there's several others that they can add lot. in there. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Um, I mean, like maybe Gonorelix, low dose HEG. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones Lupron, Cetratide. Anyways, yeah, there, there's a lot more they can add in. And you'll most likely do these anywhere from like 10 to 15 days, lots and lots of monitoring Mm -hmm. to goal is that you have as many mature follicles at the same time as possible. So like some aren't going to mature, some are, you're going to lose because they're too mature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So all your ultrasounds, they're measuring the follicles. Exactly. Yes. So, um, and then they're just trying to time everything perfectly. They'll then 
do your trigger shot, and then you'll go in for your surgery or procedure, I should say, like two days later. Mm -hmm. And you're breathing on your own. You are under, but I believe you're breathing on your own during the procedure. And then it's very quick. They go in and literally like puncture your ovaries to with like a tiny needle to Mm -hmm. get out each egg. And they'll actually tell you right after how many they got, Yep, um, which is kind of crazy. And then from there, it's kind of a waiting game. Yep. So that's like the super high level overview. We'll obviously get into more detail, but what did your egg retrievals look like, Madison? Yeah. So mine were different because like you said, there's a lot of different meds they can put you on. Mm -hmm. So I was on different meds um, each time that I did it. And my first egg retrieval, I would say, was pretty brutal. Mm. They put me on high doses of everything. I've shared this in the podcast before, but I really hate needles, like really hate needles. And so the egg retrieval process was not only from like a physical stance, but a psychological stance. It was just every day I was... I was in pain, I would Mm -hmm. say. Like it was just, it was not fun. You have to give yourself shots, you know, in the morning, at nighttime, Mm -hmm. sometimes at lunch. Like all the shots are timed. Some weeks are three shots a day. Some weeks are only one shot a day. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a lot. And I did, I obviously did all the shots in the stems. And when I was about to go into surgery, they prepared me that everything was looking really good Mm. and that they were probably going to retrieve a lot of eggs, which they were really excited about. And of course we were excited too, but I remember sitting there before they even hooked up anything. And I remember looking at the nurse and saying, I know this sounds crazy, but like, I'm really nervous about the IV you're about to put in my hand. (laughs) I think that's the worst part. And she, (laughs) she kind of looked at me perplexed because she was like, do you know what you're about to do? Like (laughs) the needle in the hand is so small compared to like what you're about to go through. Yeah. And I was like, I've just never had a needle, an IV in my hand before. And I hear it's really painful. And of course she was so sweet and walked me through the whole thing. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. (laughs) Um, But for some reason, I was more nervous about the IV in my hand than I was like going under anesthesia. I still am. (laughs) I don't think that's crazy at all. I that's the worst part, in my opinion, because then you're feeling good. Yeah. And you don't really know what's happening until afterwards. Right. So, So anyways, I was really nervous and that was the first time I've ever been put under. And so it was I would say it was a big deal Mm -hmm. just from the beginning it was just a big procedure. It's a surgery. And I had no experience with any of that before. So that obviously the leading up process was really hard. And then afterwards they retrieved, I think like 23 eggs. Yeah. That's a lot. Which was a lot. And we were obviously extremely grateful for that but the recovery was really hard for mm-hmm. me. Um, so as Morgan just said, they're puncturing your ovaries. They punctured my ovaries 23 times. That's so a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. And I did not take the pain medicine afterwards, which I would advise everybody to take the pain medicine <laughs> after a retrieval because it was really bad afterwards. The yeah. swelling, I mean, I think I looked five months pregnant the next day because of – I mean, because of all the punctures, Mm -hmm. like it was just the bloat was unreal. 
and I couldn't walk without it hurting. Mm. It was, I would say for the next two days, it was mm-hmm. brutal. And then it obviously settled down, settled down and got better. But, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't wear normal pants. Yeah. Like it was my first one, I would say was brutal. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Our, I feel like it's funny because we definitely have different, different stories here. So our first egg retrieval actually ended up getting canceled, which I mentioned in the IUI episode, but took all the shots, like did all the <sighs> like not fun stuff oh and then canceled it. Or turned it into an IUI rather. But then like the first one that we followed through with that we actually had the surgery, we had a family reunion the next day. Oh my gosh. At in Florida, like at the pool. So yeah. not only can you not go in the water, but like I had to wear I was in a bathing suit. <laughs> and like you said, like looking five months pregnant, but not pregnant. Right. It was just like horrible timing. Oh my gosh. Um, but different than Madison. So they luckily had a lot of eggs and we had kind of like the opposite. So that's why my first cycle got canceled. And then on the second round, definitely like on the highest doses of everything, tried some new medicines that time, had more success, but we had closer to like 10, maybe a, maybe a couple less than that retrieved, which we were still super happy about. But um, I would say that my recovery actually wasn't horrible just probably because they had to puncture me half the times yeah. as many times as you. Um, like I certainly felt super bloated and didn't look great, but I wasn't – I thought I'd be in more pain. Yeah. So I think it's so so specific to your situation. Totally. And yeah. I've had a lot of friends who they did retrieve a lot of eggs mm-hmm. and their recovery was not that bad. Yeah. So it's just – it depends on your body, your meds, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's everyone experiences it different. Yeah. And I know we talked about this a little bit, but like what what should someone expect on the day of egg retrieval? So on the day of your egg retrieval, you'll obviously be bloated <laughs> <laughs> and you will get to your clinic and they will actually take you to a separate section Mm -hmm. of your clinic, I would say. And, um, like the surgery center. Yeah. Like it would be a surgery center. And I actually remember on our first one, my sweet nurse, um, (laughs) nurses are the best. (laughs) She walked in with a basket full of goodies, like literally like a book, tea bags. (laughs) She got me socks and like pineapples and I mean just all the things it was well I remember when you did that for me (laughs) (laughs) well I learned it from my nurse so it was it was I was not expecting that and it really it made I mean it just it made my heart sink it was so sweet yeah but anyways you'll go back to the um, surgery center and they'll put you in your own little curtain room Mm -hmm. it's not luxurious at all Mm -mm. and Really, the only times you'll go to the surgery center is if you're having a surgery like mm-hmm. hysterectomy or an egg retrieval or a DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be a few other times, but mainly you don't really go back there. Mm-mm. So it's not luxurious. You're just separated by a little curtain from other people, and um, the nurses will come, you know, hook you up, get the anesthesia started. Uh, you'll obviously fill out paperwork forms, and you'll say goodbye to your husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a weird feeling. And they will take you back then to the procedure room 
And I remember going back and I was, I told my husband afterwards, I was like, it's just like Grey's Anatomy. Like the music, <laughs> you would say that. The, the music was playing. Like, <laughs> So you loved it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it was just weird. Yeah. Um, they put you on the table and then they make you count backwards mm-hmm. from 10 and that's all you remember. Yeah. Griffin actually couldn't come with me. At all? No. Because of COVID or because you're So it, it was COVID originally and then, okay. I mean, this most recent time it wasn't COVID, but he- Oh, interesting. He just had to wait in the lobby. Okay. And I guess I- didn't really even think too much about it just because yeah, we to. didn't have we didn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure if that's a new policy. Might just be our clinic. Yeah, you know? it might be your clinic or it might be like everybody's done that now since COVID. Right. I don't know. But yeah. um my husband was able to come back and then yeah. he had to go wait in a separate area. Yeah. Anyway, so once you're done, you'll get wheeled out and back to your bed mm-hmm. and you'll get dressed and they will wheel you to your car. And your husband drives you home. And one thing, I don't know if this is how it was at your clinic, but that I thought was so strange (laughs) was like that when you're still recovering from the anesthesia, like you're still loopy. Oh, yeah. And that's when they came and told us how many eggs or came and told me how many eggs were retrieved. Yes. And I'm like, is this later on? I'm like, did I make that up? No. Like, is that right? Like, why are you telling me this when I'm still like messed up? (laughs) No, I said the same thing after – after every egg mm-hmm. retrieval we had, I remember saying, like, Brad, don't forget the number because yeah. I'm not going to remember right. it. <laughs> and I didn't. Right. I'm sure, I'm sure, like, your nurses could tell you later. But yeah, I just yeah. remember thinking that it was funny that they told us when we were still loopy. Loopy. Yeah. Um, but a funny story about anesthesia. Yeah. After every time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would come back, which I obviously didn't know I said this, but my husband Brad said the first words that would come out of my mouth were, man, I love anesthesia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does feel pretty good. I know. It's a, it's weird though. Yeah. Um, it's a very weird process. Very weird. But then th- that goes to show like, or I'll say it was a very weird process for me because I had not had mm-hmm. any surgeries before. Mm-hmm. That was my first experience with surgery. Yeah. So one thing for the egg retrieval, um, and I think this might be different at different clinics, but we actually didn't get our time until the day before. That's with our clinic too. Yeah. I think just because it is in the surgery side, Mm -hmm. they have to kind of like prioritize, which just from like a planning perspective, you kind of just like have to take that whole day off, which you'll want to to recover anyways. But I just remember with work that that was really hard to schedule Mm -hmm. um, because it was like it could be any of these like five days and you'll need to be out the whole day. So explaining that to a manager, like a male manager who, I mean, he was a great understanding, but I could see it being hard for other people to be like, hey, I'm going to have to take a day off next week. I don't know what day, but it's going to be the whole day. Yeah. And the next day, maybe. Yeah. And it's also hard from a standpoint of if you aren't sharing with that many right. people that this is what you're going through Yeah, for being MIA for two days right. and not giving an explanation. Like that's yeah. really challenging. Yeah. So just something to consider there. I know we talked about the pain a little bit like afterwards mm-hmm. um, being super bloated and you know, some people ha- have a harder time recovering than others, but leading up to the retrieval. Is that painful? I would say other than the shots, no. Yeah. For me personally. Um, once you got once I got closer, mm-hmm. I would say I was 
uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say painful, but uncomfortable just because, I mean, I just, my, I had a lot of follicles. Right. (laughs) So you can like feel it. It's almost, I guess I would compare it to some women can feel ovulation cramps Mm -hmm. or like ovulation bloat or they just know when they're ovulating. This is like times 20. Right. Um, Legit. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a, Not an exaggeration. Actually, times (laughs) twenty. Yes, yes. Normally, you ovulate and one egg drops. So, um, it it was a lot. Yeah. Was it painful for you? Yeah. I mean, like you said, getting closer, I just felt uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of it is the medications too. You're just Mm -hmm. like so bloated. This last retrieval, I was on like six different medications. So I think it was like eight shots a day. Which I just I was like bruising quite yeah. a bit, so yeah, definitely like a le- a time for leggings. Yes, and kind of on the note of the injections, something that when people ask me like, what's what's do you have any advice for for egg retrieval? I would say we were we connected with like a concierge service, a woman who used to be a nurse at our clinic has like a private service where she'll come and show you how to do the shots or do them for you. Obviously it's, it was like not sustainable for us to have someone do my shots every night, but we loved having her come just because again, something I didn't expect was that we were going to have to mix all of our own medications. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about this before, but like the medications are very expensive. Yes. So <laughs> I just remember that caused a lot of tension between Griffin and I, because he was nervous about like messing it up. Yeah. So he would like almost overcompensate, like, you know what I mean? Um, And just, he was nervous. And then I'm nervous. I'm getting injected. Yeah. So if there's someone like most clinics won't show you, Mm -hmm. they just send you like videos or PDFs, which I was surprised about, but having this woman like help us, we, you know, did it like on a banana and like just making, having someone be like, yes, you're doing this correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, For my personality was really helpful. Yeah. But yeah, like it can be stressful and take a long time. Mm-hmm. So it had been a few years since we had done our original egg retrievals. And the first night, like mixing everything for the first time and like reading all those instructions, it took us over an hour. Oh, yeah. So I guess like that would be another tip is just giving yourself enough time if you have a, a, a certain time because mm-hmm. most things have to be taken at a certain time. Like, yeah give yourself enough time yeah, um, I, we to were, prepare. Yes. We were the same way. I remember our clinic gives videos and they're great videos. Mm-hmm. They're super detailed yeah. and make it seem easy. But like you said, you second guess yourself all the right. time. So like I would watch the video 10 times right. before I would actually like mix it or give myself the shot to make sure I was doing it correctly. Yeah. Well, if you do the math, like I remember one time and usually you do get a little extra medicine um, that like, you can't end up even doing anything with, but sometimes it's like you have just enough. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this one shot is $400. Like if you do the math like that, then you even really freak yourself out. Um, Totally. And when we say mix to give you a better visual, um, it's a lot of times you'll get a little powder and then you'll get a liquid Yeah, and some have to be refrigerated, some don't. And then you'll, you'll mix the liquid with the powder and then you'll take your syringe and pull it out to the certain amount Mm -hmm. and then give yourself a shot. And there's like different, so maybe you're using that same syringe to like pull up the 
the liquid and then put it into the powder and then you have to change the needle yep. to be a different size, the one that you're going to inject yourself with. So there's just yeah. like so many little pieces and parts. Oh, and, yeah. and I remember being a freak about the alcohol yes. swabs. I'm like, we have to swab everything. Right. Like- I know. That was so gripping. He was like, he was like, I need like four alcohol swabs. Like we got to swab the lid. We got to swab you. Like we got to swab the ice pack. Yeah. Like, Well, they tell you. Yeah. They're like, you and I'm sure all the nurses are probably laughing at this right yes. now, but like, they say you have to swab every container before you stick a needle through it and then you have to swab you and then like you said you have to change needles but you can't touch the needle and it's just yeah it's very challenging it is I know I've actually had this conversation with other friends around how much leeway is there really like with the alcohol wipes but also just like the time yeah you know because it's like what it, is there like a 30 minute window is it like 4 hours like right. they don't tell you cuz they want you to like yep. be so diligent but like yeah. there has to be some margin for error yes, yes. so i'm curious what that is my but, i will say i actually did ask one yeah. time and they said if it's within the hour you're okay. okay okay so i don't know if they were just saying that or if it's um, a legit answer but i think the rule of thumb is if you're within the hour you're okay i actually would give some advice for the meds so that you don't feel like a crazy person mm-hmm. is to set timers. Yes. Because like Morgan said, sometimes you are taking multiple shots a day and they all are timely. Mm-hmm. And so I would always set timers and I actually, I don't know if this was a good decision or a bad decision, but I actually had a song that I really loved at the time and it meant a lot to me just from everything that we were going through. And so I made that my alarm timer song and every time it went off, I don't know, it kind of stirred something inside of me and it like made me be like, okay, I got to do it Mm -hmm. and I would do it. But I would say now (laughs) looking back, I can't listen to that song without having like some sort of PTSD from all of it. That's understandable. Yeah. So I feel like it would be weird if you were like, this is my favorite song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I think setting alarms is a really good point. And just kind of, I guess we're kind of doing this. We're talking about this in different pieces, but one thing to just like touch on a little bit more is the actual like monitoring Mm -hmm. of everything. So we breezed over this, you'll you'll be on birth control or the whatever suppressing you're on. And then when it's time to actually well, leading up to when it's time to start, you'll have some monitoring then. They want to make sure like your ovaries are quiet. Mm-hmm. And then once you start, you'll go in like every couple of days to see how things are progressing. Like things are still going to be measuring small, but they want to see like some growth. That growth seems consistent that there's not just like one follicle getting big and the rest are not growing at all. As you get closer to your retrieval date, which they will pretty much depend on the monitoring, it's like a daily thing. Mm -hmm. So I remember going in, honestly, it was like Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then my retrieval was on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And it's just because they like want to, they want everything to be, there's kind of like an ideal size, which I believe is like anywhere from like 16 to 21 millimeters. Mm -hmm. Um, That might not be like exactly it, but something around there. And they want the most eggs in that range. So I remember like I had a few that were like 22, but then 
we like lost those, if you will. Yeah. Um, so they're just like trying to get as many follicles at the same time to get the most mature. Correct. And on that note with the whole scheduling and in the clinic appointments, I would say it also depends on, or your follicles are maturing because I think with one of mine, I remember going in like every three days and then the next day they were like, you're actually looking good. Like we can wait four Mm -hmm, days. mm -hmm. And then, so I guess Mm -hmm. there's no planning, you know, like those two or three weeks, you just have to leave open because you'll go in one day and they're like, actually, we don't need to see you tomorrow. Like Mm -hmm. you're looking good. Let's Mm -hmm. wait two days for you to come back. Yeah. Or they'll say, nope, you need to come back in tomorrow. Nope. You need to come back in tomorrow. Yeah. But you're right on once you do get closer, it's an everyday appointment at the Mm -hmm. clinic. But to your point, if you might have on your protocol, like day five follicle check. And then to to your point, like maybe it says again, like day seven, but Uh they're like, actually, we don't need to see you till day nine. Correct. So just know, like hold those plans loosely and just know that you're going to have a lot of appointments, but you might not know exactly when they are. Yeah. And that's kind of like the goal of the appointments. So we talked a little bit about kind of like what happens leading up to the egg retrieval, the day of, a little bit about recovery, but we didn't actually, we haven't covered kind of like the purpose of an egg retrieval, which is the fertilization and creation of embryos. Mm -hmm. So just to kind of walk you all through what that looks like on the day of your retrieval, they'll come in and tell you how many they retrieved, Mm -hmm. but that is not how many eggs are mature. Right. And our um, first retrieval, they retrieved 23 eggs but only I think like 15 or so matured. And they call you usually like that same day or the next day to tell you how many were mature. Yeah. And then that's when the fertilization happens. And that can happen a few different ways. So they can either place the egg like in a Petri dish Mm -hmm. with sperm and let it kind of meet naturally. Or there's something called ICSI, I-C-S-I, you may see that phrase around, and that's where they actually inject, like they hand select the best looking sperm and inject that into the follicle. And that is usually done when there is like male factor Mm -hmm. issues. So that is the route that we went. I will actually say it is normally, you're correct in saying it is normally on male factor, but my doctor did tell me that Mm -hmm. sometimes if they're kind of at like a loss of why this isn't working or Mm -hmm. say like your case, they're just puzzled. They're kind of just like, let's try it. Yeah. (laughs) Which makes sense because it's, it's, it's giving you the best chance, right? Like it's taking the best sperm and Mm -hmm. putting it exactly where it needs to go. So I think that makes sense if they're like not sure what your issue is. Like, let's just try what would make the most sense. I think there is like cost associated with that. So I think they they don't usually just like throw that out there if – For no reason. Yeah, yeah. I just know I've had Mm -hmm. a few friends too where they did both. Mm -hmm. So like one round, their doctor was like, let's do, you know, three – normally Mm. where the egg and the sperm meet naturally and then let's do two ICSI and see what happens. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, One thing with our most recent retrieval that I forgot about until we started talking was they actually did, did something else this last time. It's I think something they wouldn't do like on a first go around, but it was to help the fertilization. It was called calcium ionophore Mm -hmm. and it's just like a, 
I don't know, like a solution that they put the egg and sperm in to like help it develop, Um, which is interesting and bizarre and something that I don't think they would do normally for like a first go around. We had only one embryo from Mm -hmm. our first retrieval. So I think they probably wouldn't do that with someone who they saw could make a lot of embryos on their own. Um, It was specific to our case, but the egg and the sperm will be fertilized in one of the two ways we just shared. And then you will get a call like maybe two or three days after your egg retrieval to let you know how many fertilized. Mm-hmm. Kind of as a rule of thumb, usually it's around 50% of how many mature eggs you have. So 10 mature eggs, you would, if things were in line with statistics, which they aren't always, yeah. it would be like five fertilized I don't even know if that you would call it an embryo at that stage, but five sure. fertilized. So they'll let you know how many are fertilized. Mm-hmm. And then you wait like another week, mm-hmm. which I think is one of the hardest parts. I'm not patient. It definitely is the hardest part. Yes. You're, I mean, you're waiting to find out how many potential children you have. Yeah. Um, and you're excited because you know this one number. And again, this kind of natural rate is – 50% fertilize mm-hmm. and then 50% make it to day five. Right. So most likely there'll be some attrition through there. So that's just, yeah. I don't know, there's so many emotions with yeah. that. So you'll get the call. Um, usually on my clinic is day seven. They want to give the embryos as much time as possible to develop and they'll let you know how many made it to day five, six, seven. From there is when you can decide to genetically do genetic testing I should clarify, you have to decide prior to that, (laughs) but that's when they would actually take the biopsy. And that takes a while. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I remember thinking that they were just going to like send the whole embryo off to be tested. And I felt really like scared about that. I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of just fear around genetic testing in general, but it is just a very, very small, like microscopic biopsy mm-hmm. of the placenta. Mm-hmm. So it's actually not like the part that creates the baby. And they send that little biopsy off. Mm-hmm. And that can take two to four weeks, depending on where they send it to. Right. So lots of waiting yes. after egg retrieval. And yeah, I feel like it's just really hard because you're no matter what your outcome is, there's almost no perfect outcome, I would say, Mm -hmm. because like, for example, our first retrieval, we had one embryo, Mm -hmm. so grateful. And then we were so nervous to find out like what the results would be from genetic testing. And then like so nervous that we would only like have all our eggs in one basket, literally. Yeah. And with this most recent retrieval, we were super fortunate and thankful to have more embryos, but that holds its own kind of weight weight. concerns. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like we are either going to have to make really hard decisions or have a really large family or we're going to experience loss. Yeah. And like none of those outcomes are easy. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I just remember being shocked, even though our doctor told us all the statistics. Yes. I think when you're going through the process, there's just so much. And we've talked about this in previous episodes. The emotional toll mm-hmm. is just 
it's so heavy that when they, when the doctor is sharing all of these statistics, I don't know, I kind of just like pushed them to the back of my head and didn't really think about them. Mm -hmm. And so when we were going through the egg retrieval process, of course we were thrilled that they retrieved so many eggs, but as we kept getting the results and like the numbers kept decreasing, yeah, I was devastated Mm -hmm. when of course they kind of told me that's what would happen right. anyways. Right. But it's almost like you for I don't know if you forget or mm-hmm. you just I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I think you're already attached. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It's like I don't know if this is a good ex- analogy or not, but it's like saying that you got a hundred dollars and you know that you're not going to get to keep all a hundred dollars, but then they're like, okay, now there's only fifty dollars in your bank account. You're yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. I don't know. It's just that attrition, even though you know it's going to happen, yeah. once you're told that, I don't know, you kind of like mourn that in a yeah. way. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, our doctor was very optimistic, which I'm very grateful for. Mm-hmm. But I think even he was expecting that we would have a better outcome than mm-hmm. we did. Mm-hmm. And so when we got the final call, you know, our first round that we only got two embryos, mm-hmm. we were all kind of perplexed. Right. Well, you started off with so many. We too. started off with so many that I think even our doctor was kind of like, wasn't expecting that. He didn't say that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I don't know. It was just, it was a hard phone call to receive. Yeah. And of course we're very grateful for the two embryos that we received at the time. But like you said, that's two opportunities. Right. And like that doesn't account for anything else that were to happen with either testing or right. loss. Right. And I think that's a good segue into, I don't know what your doctors have said, but I remember my doctor or our doctor saying, we're so glad you have one who, by the way, is our son. Um, But (laughs) like you probably need two to three for every living child you want. Yeah. And like, I just remember being so, I don't know, just like overwhelmed by that statistic. Um, And at the time, just like couldn't even go there. We're just like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge, which yeah. we're crossing now when we get there about yeah. growing our family. But um, as an outsider, not going through this, you think like, oh, you know, one can work, but you think like, oh, like they just need one, but like yeah. you almost need more. Yes. Well, you do need more. You do need more. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. complicated, lots of thoughts around testing as mm-hmm. well, which I think is a super personal decision. And that was something I remember like really wrestling with. I mean, you and I can both speak to having perfect embryos yeah. that did not result in, in a living child. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, but that's definitely a personal decision that you and your spouse have to decide mm-hmm. and along with your doctor. I mean, your doctor will um, know your case pretty well. Yeah. And some people, it's not necessary. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessary to do the testing. Yeah. And another note on the genetic testing, which I don't think we knew until we went through it, Mm -hmm. is that you do get to find out the gender. Yes. If you want to. Mm -hmm. We, um, well, I mean, we chose not to. Yeah. We did not want to know the gender. So we kept, we told our clinic that we wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah but they will know the gender. Yeah, we did. We wanted it to be a surprise too. But I do feel like, I don't know if you get this question a lot, but people ask like, oh, like, so did you pick the gender? Yeah. <laughs> and like, especially with Colson, our son. It's like, no, actually we didn't have a choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even if we did, you know, that just wasn't what we wanted to do. But I know some people feel differently. So. Yeah. And I think to some people, they're, 
just curious about yeah. the whole the whole process of yeah. IVF. So that's kind of like a curiosity question. Mm-hmm. But to somebody going through it, it seems a little bit it just doesn't seem important to ask, right. did you pick the gender? Right. <laughs> right. No, it it it's like that's the last thing I'm thinking about. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So to kind of wrap up this episode, you know, we covered what to expect on the day of an egg retrieval, kind of what that process looks like afterwards recovering, as well as genetic testing. And although we did get into more detail in this episode, there's still a lot that we didn't say or cover. Mm. And so if you have any questions, we would love to talk to you personally. And the best way to do that is through our Instagram page. It's never alone in fertility. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We will be going over the transfer process.